In the Healthy Brains podcast, I will demystify brain science, share tips and productivity tools to recharge your life, improve your health, and increase your energy, and overall kickstart your motivation to reach your true potential. So let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to the Healthy Brain podcast, episode 51. Thanks for joining me, and I appreciate all my listeners and new listeners. Thank you for coming to the podcast and listening. If you would be so kind, rate and review the podcast. It helps to get more eyes or ears on the podcast. Today, I wanted to talk about mindfulness and four of the eight principles of mindfulness or attitudes they They call them attitudes of mindfulness. I will briefly talk about what mindfulness is. I'll talk about some of the brain benefits. And then I'll go into the four out of the eight attitudes. And then the next podcast, next week, I'll cover the remaining four of the eight attitudes. And many people know of mindfulness. They've heard of mindfulness. This has been a buzzword for a few years. Even recently, it's even more of a an important area to really look into and to make part of your daily life. Any of my patients, any of my coaching clients that I see, I'm always recommending mindfulness. What is mindfulness? It's really, it's so it can be formal or informal. When I recommend mindfulness, a mindfulness practice to my patients, brain rehabilitation patients, and my coaching clients for wellness and life coaching, I explain that there's two types of mindfulness the formal and informal, and maybe I'll do a podcast on some examples of it. I think that would be helpful now that I'm thinking of it because many of my, um, the people that I work with, they really are curious, well, what really is mindfulness? Do I need to just sit in meditation all the time? And no, that is one form of, of mindfulness is a formal practice of meditation, but Mindfulness can be sitting and watching your kids play. Uh, It could also be walking in nature and really surrounding yourself with the senses of smelling uh, what your, you know, the, the flowers that are blooming, you're hearing the birds, you're feeling the wind on your skin. That is a form of mindfulness. The definition of mindfulness is being fully aware of the present moment without judgment. That's the key. <laughs> there's, so there's two parts. Aware, actually three. Aware, present moment, without judgment. And the eight attitudes of mindfulness expand on this definition. As I mentioned, there's formal and informal practices of mindfulness. Many, many researchers are now showing the benefits of stress reduction 
of decreasing anxiety and depression, the scores of anxiety and depression with a mindfulness practice. There's also brain benefits of a mindfulness or meditative practice. So the brain benefits, and I, I do go into the brain benefits of meditation in depth, episode three. So go back to episode three after you finish listen, listening to this, because I talk about all of the areas of the brain that change with a practice of meditation and mindfulness. It's important to realize that not only do you feel calmer, focused, you feel better when you're meditating, after or during, right after meditating, right after your mindfulness, you feel a difference. Yes, that is important. But for me, I'm most interested in the changes that happen in the brain with consistent mindfulness and meditation practices, because the brain is actually changing. We know it's a principle of neuroplasticity. And if we can, and we know we can, by a consistent, so the key is consistency of this meditation and mindfulness practice, you can change your brain. And why is that important? Because your brain is the core of how you relate to the world. Some of the brain benefits of meditation or mindfulness is there's actually an increase in activity in the frontal prefrontal cortex in the frontal cortex the left side an increase in activity that is an area for emotional regulation so there is a change that happens in the brain and it affects your emotional regulation, how you regulate your emotions so you're not freaking out all the time, you're not overreacting. Another benefit, brain benefit of this mindfulness and meditation is it affects the area, again, in the frontal cortex. There's many areas of the brain that are affected with meditation and mindfulness, but again, in the frontal cortex, reasoning and decision-making. That is a huge, important principle. It's so important for us to be able to make decisions and to have the reasoning to make the decisions. In the previous episode, I talked about how to support your brain in making decisions. That is by activating the prefrontal cortex. We can activate the prefrontal cortex by decreasing the response of the amygdala. That's the inner part of the brain. That is an area of the brain that is active when we're feeling fearful, aggressive. So we want to minimize that amygdala response and emphasize, activate the prefrontal cortex to help with our emotional regulation, our decision making, our reasoning. And then another interesting, this isn't a brain benefit, but another interesting benefit of mindfulness and meditation is it's shown to increase immunity. In the researchers, they've shown an increase in antibody production after uh, there's a whole protocol. So if you're interested, I'm not going to go into it, but increasing immunity by 
increasing our mindfulness and meditation practice. All right, so if I've intrigued you, let's go into the four out of the eight attitudes of mindfulness. Now, these four are not, they're not bunched together. There's just a list of them. And if you ever are taking a course on mindfulness, it, this will be, the principles are interweaved, the attitudes are interweaved into the teaching. But for me, I like to, and it's a brain thing, I like to consolidate it. So I've looked at four of the attitudes and I really see them weaving in and out of each other. This is not a linear process, so it's not like first you're the first you do this, then you do this for mindfulness. But for the explanation of the attitudes, I believe it's helpful to look at it like one, two, three, four, and I will comment on how each one affects the other. So the four principles or attitudes of mindfulness that I'm going to cover today are number one, acknowledge, number two, non-judgment, number three, beginner's mind, and number four, self-reliance. To start off with, when I looked at the list, I thought, you know, really acknowledge, acknowledgement, that principle, that attitude, to me is the first thing. You need to be aware. It's being aware and acknowledge of the current situation, of a situation. So you can pick any situation. First, start with an awareness, an acknowledgement. This is the situation. Okay? So you're just acknowledging it. That's the first attitude. The second is, and this is where you're acknowledging the first is the present moment you're really acknowledging what the situation is the second is non-judgment oh boy this is a loaded one it is so hard because i feel as human beings we always i know myself i seem to always have this judgmental viewpoint um and it becomes actually more noticeable when I'm tired, when I'm stressed, I become more judgmental of myself, of others. So to cultivate non-judgment, what that means is you're just taking note, you're just noticing the situation, you're noticing your thoughts and your feelings, but you are not labeling your thoughts, feelings, and emotions as good or bad, right or wrong, fair or unfair. This is important. So you notice that you're not uh, ignoring your thoughts or feelings. That That's key. You want to acknowledge your thoughts and feelings, but you don't want to label them. And we, it depends on your deep-rooted belief system. When I work with my coaching clients, it really is uncovering why what are they thinking? What are they feeling? What, how are they acting? Why are they acting that way because of these thoughts and feelings? And instead of them thinking bad, like, oh, this is bad. This is bad. I'm feeling this way or it's wrong. Just acknowledging it and then making a shift out of that from that labeling to not labeling. So it's it's a whole coaching process that I do, but 
that's where this second attitude of being non-judgmental is so pivotal for mindfulness. The third principle is a beginner's mind. And it, it really is coming to the situation that you've acknowledged that you're being non-judgmental. When you can come into the situation with a childlike curiosity, that's how I think of it, a beginner's mind, like you're curious, you're wondering, how is this working? How, like curious, why am I thinking this way? Or why is it this way? Why is this person acting this way? Hmm. So you're taking sort of a bird's eye view, but you're coming to it with a real beginner's mind, like curious, I need to understand you're coming to the situation with a non-judgmental awareness. So you see how they all sort of intertwine. They go back and forth between the awareness, the non-judgment, the beginner's mind. And the fourth attitude is self-reliance. It's that belief and awareness that you can see this situation for yourself. You can see the situation from your own perspective, not somebody else's perspective, but your perspective. But notice that you, when you're noticing something from your perspective, you're bringing in your previous, your, your belief systems, and that is the pivotal point of mindfulness, is coming to a situation with your own awareness, know that you have self-reliance on that you can look at this and observe, be non-judgmental, and be curious. The four attitudes of mindfulness work together. You, and the eight, actually, all together. When we get into the other four next week, you'll see how they interplay. And there, it's like a dance. It's like you're going from one to the other, but our brain is fat, uh, phenomenal and quick. We're able to make this observation in the present moment, being fully aware, and how we can be that way without judgment is practice. And I wanna emphasize that. It's a practice to be mindful it's taking control of your mind, taking control of your emotions, taking control of how you react or don't react to a situation. We have gotten caught up in reacting, in getting information uh, very quickly and reacting to it. I truly believe that we need to take control of our mindset and, and mindfulness is one important cornerstone in that taking control of your mindset. It's being aware of the situation and being non-judgmental. If you're having a challenge in emotional regulation, and I believe a lot of us, especially working moms, we're super stressed. Everybody is really stressed uh, nowadays. But it's important to look at, okay, what can I do 
to regulate my emotions. It's not going and grabbing that bag of cookies or that two, three glasses of wine. That will not help you to emotionally regulate. It actually will dampen your emotions. It's important to process through the emotions. It starts with awareness. I work with my clients to work through their emotions and work through in order to reach their goals. I do want to recommend that if you would like to dive a little deeper into what coaching can do for you, join my discovery call. Register for the discovery call. The link is in the bio. Or you can send me an email, heathercolwitchwellness at gmail.com, and we'll set up a time to see how coaching can help you, and coaching can help everyone, and it is a phenomenal, phenomenal thing that we have and that I offer, and I would be honored to help you in your journey. I hope you found this helpful. Namaste, everyone.